Good morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. Steve Williamson here. We have a full house today. We have uh, Stephen Hank sitting across from me, Karen McClellan sitting across from me, and Gary Lamaster, our webmaster, we have on the phone. And we'll start with Gary. I, uh, for, I think for the last 11 years, every year we've had a roundup of the year where each of the uh, co-hosts and participants, um, producers, uh, talks about a topic of their choice for eight minutes, um, seven minutes, whatever, in order to kind of sum up the year. And so each person picks what they think are very important topics. Um, Gary's going to talk about the Republican Party. Uh, Stephen is going to be talking about the rise of extremism, Karen about education. I'm going to be talking about the dialogue and social media in uh, in Sedona, if we have time for that. All right. So, Gary, are you there? I am. Go for it. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, we want everybody to wish everybody, uh, you know, a, a, a happy holiday. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Everything, you know, <laughs> Kwanzaa. We're for all these things. Festivus. Yeah. You know, Festivus, which is the made up one. You know, and all right. And <laughs> the solstice is, is right ahead yeah. of us. So we, we, we support all the holidays. You know, we don't care. All right, Gary. Okay, well, in, in thinking about the story of the year or, you know, the developments of the past year, I was uh, debating a, a number of, uh, of developments, and, you know, including Putin's continuing war crimes, uh, the, in, in particular the climate crisis and mass, mass extinctions, which are, is probably the most worrisome thing. The, uh, the end of Roe v. Wade, excuse me, and... And uh, democratic success in the midterms, or relative success, and and on and on and on, the sedition convictions of the Oath Keepers. Uh, the, the real cause of inflation, which was corporate greed, in my opinion, I think I could support that uh, and document it. But uh, then I realized that, that all the stories that I was considering were all connected to the Republican Party and, and their threat to uh, democracy, most of these issues are outgrowths of their of their um, attempt to divide America and their use of of fear and hate to uh, try to win elections. Uh, the uh, you know the party is, in, is I think anybody can see that it's uh, particularly people of my age that it's evolved from a party of of uh, business growth and controlled spending you know, under uh, Eisenhower and even under Nixon to the party of small government under Reagan and Bush, you know, kind of an anti-government uh, uh, direction, to the party of uh, spreading a, a democracy worldwide or the attempt to by the invasion of, of Iraq 
<clears throat> excuse me, in Afghanistan, to now the the party of, of well, Trump. Trump may be his, his power may be diminishing, but but uh, the whole MAGA thing is uh, continuing on. Um, the party, from what I can see, is coalesced around of white supremacists and religious zealots. Uh, which uh, Miles Taylor labeled the so-called Faith and Flag Party. And it's assisted by uh, propaganda and Fox News and radio, conservative websites, social media. Um, Excuse me, an unbelievable amount of hypocrisy. They, They fight for religious freedom, but only if it involves their beliefs. They, they claim to be pro-life, but they support the, uh, the uh, heavily armed uh, Proud Boys and, and Oath Keepers uh, who engage in violence. They uh, take perverse joy uh, in watching uh, migrants and others uh, needlessly suffer. They've embraced dictators and kleptocrats, as evidenced by their support for Putin and and their invitation to uh, Viktor Orban to keynote the uh, CPAC uh, annual meeting. They uh, rationalize uh, the corruption and craziness of their leaders. Uh, They've uh, demonized the opposition uh, Democrats and created uh, preposterous conspiracies uh, such as uh, Democrats uh, uh, traffic uh, children and murder them to drink their blood. Uh, they're increasingly anti-democracy, uh, demand to rewrite the Constitution, and, of course, they've already uh, uh, succeeded in seizing control of the Supreme Court. Uh, all of this has not been particularly successful in elections, uh, as evidenced by the midterms. But what it has done is, is uh, uh, kind of filtered down to the rank and file that have turned a lot of really, you know, nice, ordinary Americans into cruel, you know, people who support cruel, hateful ideologies. Uh, Worse, um, I think, or at least equally as bad, they've uh, exported their failed economic beliefs and their disinformation and hate uh, to other parts of the world. I I just got back from Germany and speaking with a owner of a small hotel chain who uh, believed that uh, Biden and Trump were were exactly the same. She could not uh, tell the difference uh, between them and, and their beliefs. Um, yet, by every measure, I believe uh, Biden has been the most uh, transformative president uh, uh, since uh, FDR, and uh, Trump has, uh, is absolutely... Uh, uh, Filled his his pockets and those of his uh, of his immediate friends and uh, uh, attacked democracy at every turn. So that's kind of where uh, I, I think every single problem that you know that uh, and story that that we faced in the past you know year or actually decade is is stemmed from from the uh, Republicans' attempt to demonize the. Uh, the opposition in order to uh, to uh, win elections. Let me ask you a question, Jerry, that we, we asked uh, last week. We asked uh, Miles Taylor, and that is, 
Do you see any hope that the Republican Party that you're talking about can be reformed from inside or will moderate its position? Or is it sort of permanently controlled by Trump supporters? Um, I, like Miles, I think the, uh, the problem is, is generational. Um, if you, you know, I, I first paid attention to this with the January 6th uh, insurrection that uh, I noticed on social media some people attacked uh, the boomers saying that it was, it was uh, controlled by boomers. And I started looking at the people involved and they were much younger and, and, my experiences since then with with the real zealots of the mega movement have been that they're primarily uh, Gen Xers and and millennials and and uh, it's filtering down um, and the uh, it seems like young males have uh, have turned it into a machismo kind of thing that it's that they uh, they really are enjoying expressing their their anger just for the for the the anger itself. Uh, so I, I don't think it will change anytime soon. Stephen is nodding your head when when you're saying that because he wants to talk about the rise of extremism, right, Stephen? In your section now. Yeah, yeah. You want? Go ahead. Um, well, the way Gary. By the way, before before I start, I just want to say I think you're right on the money with the um, with your analysis of who who the what the definition of the extreme section of, of that is because look who's committing all the mass murders. They're all, you know, these young guys in their 20s who are really troubled. In some cases, they're called incels. Um, so this idea that it's the boomers is, is crazy. I'm a boomer, and I'm not out there committing insurrection. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess, I guess w- where I'll start is... <clears throat> Like a lot of people on uh, Democrats and on the left, I I got into a massive depression the day Donald Trump was elected president, and um, I was extremely depressed that whole year of 2017. And going into 2018, um, I remember right at this time of year, in December, at the end of December, I was at a friend's show in New York, and and by the way, I just moved to Sedona like 19 months ago, for those uh, who want to know where I came from. Um, So I was in New York, and I was at a friend's cabaret show. And I had been racking my brain for months trying to figure out how I could do something um, uh, with my big issue at the time, which was voting rights, and still is. Because I see the whole voting rights issue, the one thing that the Biden administration wasn't able to get accomplished this year that the Democrats wanted to do was passing these voting rights laws, because as far as I'm concerned, every single policy that we support, that we want to try to get accomplished, stems from that issue. Once that's accomplished, then we can save Roe v. Wade and all the other things that we want to do. But anyway, so I was really depressed, wanted to do something I'm in New York. Um, I couldn't get involved in the voting rights organizations because they were in other places in the country, like uh, Holder's Operation in Washington or Stacey Abrams in Atlanta, and I'm a New Yorker. I wasn't going to, like, travel. So I came up with this idea to, to produce cabaret shows 
where we would have singers do shows and support Democratic candidates running in the 2018 midterms that year. And to to all of our surprise, I guess, and joy, uh, we flipped the House. We won 40 seats. So that alleviated a little bit of my depression at that point. But I was still worried from even before Trump got elected that the real danger to the country was the growing white supremacy movement. It was just obvious that that was going on in the Republican Party, not only in the grassroots, not only in the so-called base, but among the leaders in the party, the Paul, Paul Gosars of the world, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the way these people were getting elected. So, so that really concerned me to the nth degree. And so now it gets to 2020. And we're getting and and a and a, a runoff election is going to happen in Georgia that is going to determine whether or not the Democrats can control the Senate. And I felt like I had to do something. So in the midst of the pandemic, I put on my mask, got on a plane, and I went to Georgia in Atlanta, outside Atlanta to be a poll watcher on January 5th. And I spent 16 hours in a polling place as a poll watcher because it actually, the polling place had to stay open an extra two hours to handle provisional ballots. And in that particular polling place, when we saw the results, uh, the two Democratic candidates for the Senate won. And so I was very happy. I went back to my hotel room very late at night, stayed up until one or so in the morning to wait for the John Ossoff uh, election returns to come in, finally went to sleep, slept late, woke up, I'm in my hotel room bed, I turn on the television just in time to see the Capitol being ransacked and Donald Trump sending people out there. So if there was any culmination to me of what the what was building in the white supremacy movement and on the right wing, that was it. And it's and, and in a way, what's going to ha- what happened last week when the January 6th committee came out with their referrals was sort of the culmination of maybe finally uh, Donald Trump and the people that support him getting their comeuppance. And that's good for the democracy and that's good for the country. But that said, and I'm going to go back to being a little bit depressed, um, Given what we're seeing in the Republican Party with who is going to be running the House, um, it's going to be dominated by these people who base all their policies on white supremacy and to a certain extent Christian nationalism. So, you know, we, as somebody who's on the board of the Democrats of the Red Rocks in Sedona, and I know you two are incredibly politically active, and anybody who's politically active in Sedona, in Arizona, statewide, or in the country, even though we've had some real victories during Biden's first two years, we have to be ever vigilant and make sure that in 2024, we not only keep the presidency, but maybe flip the House back, which I think we can do, especially if, you know, the the situation on the Republican Party is an S show, as they say. Um, so um, 
we all have to work really hard going into from now until 2024. And I think everybody's New Year's resolution going into 2023 should be stay on top of the news, stay on top of what's going on in Congress, be politically active and make sure that we maintain our democracy and we fight back against this white supremacy. So let's turn to to Karen before we open discussion. And Karen is uh, the one member of our, our crew here who runs for office regularly and has been on the Sedona School Board longer than anyone else. And you won another position that I didn't understand what it was. I voted for you, but I didn't. Well, understand. no, the second one you couldn't have voted for me. That we oh. had to live in the village. Oh, okay. That's a, a I saw to, it thing then. to do with with road maintenance with a little county board. <laughs> um, yeah, the stuff on education. I'm piggybacking on what Steve said is that not only do we need to keep track and watch what Congress is doing, we need to watch what our state legislature is doing. Absolutely. In Arizona, we did elect a Democratic governor. When they finish the recounts, we're going to have a Democratic secretary of state and a Democratic attorney general, but we have a Republican legislature. Mm-hmm. And um, and sort of along with our conversation last week with Miles Taylor and things, the a lot of people who viewed themselves as moderate Republicans are gone from our state legislature. And in many cases, they were replaced with people much farther to the right. Because um, Arizona, on education, Arizona is always an issue. And there are several major things that went through the legislature last year, which will be back in some form again this year. Um, one thing was an expansion of vouchers, that every parent in Arizona can now get a $6,500 check to send their child to a private school. And in uh uh, the, uh, the new people who've asked for those vouchers, there's been about oh, 25, 30,000 people who've requested vouchers. The vast majority of those were people whose students were not in public school last year. These are not parents escaping, quote, unquote, failing schools. These are parents who already were homeschooling, were already paying for private school tuition. So we just got a they, they just got a six thousand dollar check, which means it's not the idea that the legend talked about this would be parents opting out of public education. So we were already giving them this amount of money to go to public school. Now we're going to give it for private. This is money that the legislature did not appropriate. So this might be as much as three hundred million dollars of the state budget that was not appropriated. That the money is going to have to come from somewhere in the next state budget that no one had thought about. So this is going to hurt public schools and possibly other things in Arizona. Arizona doesn't have a huge budget statewide anyway. And this is you know, not what we really were looking at. And, of course, almost all of those parents live in metropolitan Phoenix and Tucson. You know, 35% of the students in Arizona live in rural areas where there generally are very few options for private schools. There are public district schools and there are public charter schools, both of which are free. There aren't many for-profit you know, pay a pay a month. So that's going to be a thing we'll have to look at on the budget next year to see how that affects how Arizona spends money and everything else. And we've got desperate needs for health care and water and a lot of other issues besides education. You know, we, yeah. And the other two issues which happened came up last year, which will be right back again this year. One is the aggregate expenditure limit, which is back a law we passed in back in 1980, the voters voted on, which sets a cap on education spending. We finally have reached that cap. Last year, they overrode the cap. You can think of it like the debt ceiling when people talk about the federal government. And it has to be, the legislature has to override that figure. If they don't do that by the end of March, school districts in Arizona have to cut 17% of their budget on April 1st. 
And of course, less than 17% of the school year is left, which would, if they don't override this, it would lead to schools cutting programs, laying teachers off, maybe even closing schools for the last two months of the school year, which would be an, an absolute disaster. The governor promised a special session to deal with this, to get his budget deal, and he's backed down on that. So who knows what will happen with her. You know, along, along with those issues. The other big issue through Arizona last year and somewhat nationally and the legislature and school board races was critical race theory and gender issues, LGBTQ issues, transgender students, you know, trans, you know, girls sports for biological girls only, all of these issues. And we did pass some laws restricting some of these things, making it, you know, based on the idea that schools were actually somehow teaching Race theory teaching that you know, white people should be somehow ashamed of being white, you know, that we were teaching you know, that race was more important than anything else, which doesn't happen. But those issues will be back in our legislature this year, particularly since we, the Arizona just reelected a former state superintendent of public instruction who ran on the idea that he would get critical race theory out of Arizona schools, who gets this, you know, believes, he believes in that quote unquote woke ideology that supposedly uh, Democrats are imposing on everyone in the world, which also doesn't exist. Right. So, his, his signs in Phoenix says, I won't ever ask you your gender. Yeah, I won't <laughs> or, ask you. Or your pronoun. Your I pro- won't ever ask you your, your pronoun. pronoun. And, and he ran, when he was superintendent before in the early 2000s, he did dismantle a program in Tucson that taught, it was a you know, Mexican studies program. It taught students about the history of Mexico. It taught students about indigenous Mexican populations, the Maya, the Aztec. And most of the Hispanic population of Arizona is indigenous. You know, they may have come from Mexico, but this is their ancestral heritage. So they were talking about, you know, talking about the Mayans, the way we teach kids about the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans. And it kept kids in school. It was a good program. It increased graduation rates, and Tom Homer eliminated the program, claiming it was teaching kids to – it was like the, what they used to say about the Communist Party. was going to teach kids to, to overthrow the U.S. government, mm-hmm. and that was the purpose of this program, was to teach kids, teach kids of Mexican descent to hate the United States and violently overthrow the U.S., which – has not been what's been happening <laughs> since Tom Homer was around in 2001. It's it's you know native it's native born white Americans who have they, they this always think now. they always think we're grooming kids we're right grooming for, kids. for something or other insurrection or <laughs> some kind of non traditional sexual, sexual right, life. Yeah, or, exactly. I had a friend yeah. who, who taught briefly. Think that right. that we're grooming or is it just a, a way of riling up their their base? <laughs> Um, I, I think it's the latter. It's the latter, but but it has, like all the other conspiracy theories, has succeeded in getting a certain number of people who believe that. Yeah. There were people who ran for school board in Arizona who talked about that grooming issue. There are people who ran for school board to get to stop their schools from teaching critical race theory, which is not part of the, which is not being taught in schools. Curriculum is set by the local school boards uh, under state. How does that work, that the whole campaign, uh, Karen, can be against something that isn't even being taught? Well, that's because that's what they they believe. And obviously, you know, like we've talked about, social media, all kinds of things. People believe these conspiracies. Stephen, you've been around around long enough to know the Republican Party playbook. They come up with slogans and words and to demonize yeah. the, the yeah. left. They when, always come up with something. This is going back to Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, right? You, you ask, you ask people in Arizona, poll after poll, of 
all political parties and 75, 80% of people say they believe in a strong, well-funded public school education as being the basis of, of America, is everybody goes to public school, we learn things, and we graduate as civically-minded, intelligent, educated people. Didn't we create public schools yeah, originally? Yeah, it's an United, American invention. That's an American invention, and voters always say they believe in that, and then they turn around and elect Republicans in Arizona whose push is to privatize education because there's corporate profits to be made. Well, I mean, if you want to take it a yeah. step further, look, look the, the, the states in this country that have the lowest education rates are basically in the South where their political leaders never want to fund education. And yeah. yet those constituents continue to vote for yeah, them. Because we've seen things in, in the, you know, the decade ago we were talking about uh, Common Core. Mm-hmm. And there was this idea that the federal government was going to force a curriculum on all these government schools, which wasn't really true. But there were Republicans in various parties who reacted negatively to the idea that, that Common Core was going to teach kids critical thinking, especially as they got into high school, to look, at, to, look like at, <laughs> to look at a supposedly nonfiction test, uh, text and ask questions. Yeah. And people said, we don't want that. We don't want to teach critical thinking because that – Ask kids to ask questions. And what they're going to ask questions about is their parents' lifestyle, their parents' religion, their parents' political point of views. And we don't want people, we don't want high school kids asking questions of adults. Why? Is that, is that why they were opposed to it? Because critical thinking is something that begins with the Greeks, Socrates, yeah. you know. Well, there was and, a, a, so it, 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 and, it, and if philosophy is part of the curriculum, yeah. along with yeah. lo, some, symbolic logic and... And, uh, and where do the kids that don't, do, that don't have critical thinking end up? They end up in the dark web in the, conspiracy, conspiracy theory, theories. Conspiracy you know, theories, because like, they, they, yeah. they have no way to, to distinguish... You know, one thing from the other. Right. You know, we used to teach kids about that thing about advertising. You know, when it says Frosted Flakes is the best cereal ever, how do you prove that? You know, and it's the same idea. And it's all key to tell kids that question about Frosted Flakes. But when you say the question should be what the Republican congressman just said, what the Democratic president just said, you know, question that and, and find out whether there's any mm-hmm. fact behind that statement, or is it just somebody's pure 100% opinion, which is A lot of that's because people. there are different rules in advertising for uh, products and services yeah. and for politics. In yeah. politics, you can you can lie at will, and there's no consequences. And in uh, certain in the, media, uh, as we know and now. If, in yeah. products and services, there are uh, lots yeah. of restrictions and, and uh, regulations on, on telling the truth. People don't believe that, but there are. There are, yeah. Let me ask, Stephen, you moved here recently from New York, and I moved here 20 years ago mm-hmm. from New York. I'm from Oklahoma, but I lived in New York. What was, what's your impression of the state and the state of education here in, in Arizona? Does this surprise you? Well, I mean, my impression of the state in general, and, and I've had an opportunity to, to uh, experience more than just being in Sedona because, as you know, I, I – I trot out to Phoenix and Scottsdale to play baseball once in a while. So I've gotten a chance to drive out that way and also drive around it's a all those. Way to connect, I yeah. mean, what, what really was impressive as a New Yorker was that Phoenix, Mesa, Tempe, Glendale, uh, all these cities are so cl- they're almost like the four boroughs of New York without the tunnels and bridges, mm-hmm. you know? So it was great getting around and, Arizona is a beautiful state. I mean, you know, you, you don't really, when you're in New York and you're a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker, you don't think about these places. Is, but I, if, if it wasn't for the crazy politics, 
Arizona would be a panacea. <laughs> and and as for, but as far as the the politics, Karen brought it up. I mean, the the state legislature situation is really an issue, and um, you know, I it it just baffles me that even on the Republican side, um, the state legislatures don't want to fund education, and it, it's not. I don't think it's just. Private school versus public school. It's public school itself. Yeah. A lot of I, I money, think, I think I it's, think, I think yeah. it's money, but I also think it's, you know, they're demonizing what public school is teaching kids, which we know is all nonsense, and and that and that really bothers me, and I think it's one of the things that um, Democrats in, in Sedona and Arizona in general really have to work hard to and push it, back it, on. It does really in the voters. It's everyone believes, and I've been you know going to school board statewide school board meetings for 20 years. I'm on the board of directors for the State School Board Association. And there are a lot of school board members, both from the city of Phoenix and from more from rural areas, who are conservatives, who are Republicans in the small, you know, in a more traditional sense. They all believe in the bottom of their hearts that you have to fully fund public education. You have to pay teachers well because it's important for kids to learn about all, all aspects of our history, all aspects of the world, not just one narrow viewpoint. And, and it's not just the education and, situation and, that's in, yeah. in, in trouble, but the health care system in Arizona. As we all know, experiencing things in Sedona, but the rural the, metro rural metro divide is a major issue. Yeah, I mean, there's a shortage of doctors, a shortage of nurses. People are dropping out of the profession in the healthcare field. So that that I think is and 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 in a and in a state which has a large senior population, we should do a show on that. Yeah. We need to prepare, a show don't you, folks? Don't you think a lot of this is is what leads to extremism? I I think extremism is has become self-sustaining because, mm-hmm. you know, the the division in, in Congress, the division across the country leads to real problems going unaddressed, you know, like, you know, health care and so on. And that leads Water, to, if you live in Arizona. to frustration, <laughs> which, which grow and, and leads to even more division and hate. People are... With with the with the rise of such hyper partisanship and extremism, people aren't looking at the actual problem. They're debating critical exactly. race theory that's not even being taught at the school. And Instead if, of debating how can we improve the teaching of science and literature and, and uh, sports in school, in, in, in yeah. school, well, it distracts from even the. Uh, issues outside education. If the legislature is focused on debating critical race theory and bills around critical race theory or gender issues, they're not talking about water issues in Arizona. They're not talking about economic development for rural Arizona where there are lots of areas with with very few jobs that pay well and increasingly high housing costs. They're not discussing any of these more complex issues. It's a lot easier to talk about an issue like like this or yeah. comes down to some of the issues on birth control, abortion. It's easier to take those little smaller issues and talk about those rather than sit down on a bipartisan basis and address the real pro- systemic problems we have, I, like water. I guess, guess what I caught this year that I hadn't noticed as strongly before was social media, the lies and conspiracy theories and distortions on social mm-hmm. media. And I... Um, it's particularly prevalent on Nextdoor, mm. and it's whack-a-mole. People come along and correct them. That's not in the city limits. Simple uh, um, uh, evidence, 
and then they have to repeat it over and over and over again. The extremism, the craziness on um, social media in Sedona. So I guess what hit me is I knew there was the big problem nationally, but I didn't realize it was here big time. Mm. And it was. And I think what what I saw is is what was feeding a lot of the the lies and distortions you see on social media. And there's no no reason to be subtle about what they are. They're just I would call a lie something of which someone is so in self deception they wouldn't even test whether it was true or not. If I just go around to say things because hey, I want to say those things, that's the same as lying, even if I actually believe them because I haven't done the minimum that a human being should do to figure out what to do and help help myself and help others. I think a lot of the problem in Sedona comes from the misguided editorials in uh, Sedona Red Rock News. Um, most people don't read them through because it will hurt your brain. Um, they're angry, they're, they're, uh, victim believing, um, stuff. I, I'll give you any, but I want to go to a more subtle. So, uh, I'm talking about, uh, you know, um, Christopher Fox Graham's editorials. They're appalling. Pretty much everybody's appalling. Nobody says anything because there's nothing you can do about them. It's like complaining about the weather. You're going to have these storms. They're going to come, and he's going to attack the city council for this. He's going to attack the Sedona city government for that. They can never do anything right. The only thing they've ever done right in human history in Sedona is build a playground that his kids can play in. That's all. That's the only positive editorial. And I didn't look at all of them. I can't even hardly read the things. They're so incoherent. Um, but what you'll see is is how you bias things. So the city of Sedona uh, spent $20 million buying the last large piece of land in the Sedona city limits, 40-plus acres of the old culture park. And in his, his editorial, he goes, he refers to, in the first sentence, the defunct culture park, the defunct culture park. City did not buy the culture park. The culture park has not existed for 10 years. They bought the land on which the, the park sit. So instead of saying, this is could be controversial, they bought 40 acres of the last land in Sedona. Uh, there's tremendous NIMBY opposition to workforce housing. They needed some place to do it. It's a questionable thing. Well, what are Sedona's finances like? Well, the Sedona's finances are really good, and they can certainly afford to do this. None of that, or somebody else could say, well, they're really good, but we shouldn't do it anyway because I don't believe in spending that kind of money. So uh, you have a situation where uh, everything is biased, and then his editorial is systematically that way. So instead of focusing on what the city council actually did, which is buy this last piece of land for workforce housing, uh, he doesn't mention the fact that it was they didn't get a really super good deal, but it was it was exactly what the the low end of what the property was assessed for. None of that got in the editorial. If you do that year in and year out, it skews the discussion for people who who don't know the details. And 
that's what I stopped doing. And, and it became particularly prominent with the last election. And uh, I said something, and I said he fell in love with one of the candidates. Of course, I'm in it politically. A whole lot of people fell in love with, you know, JFK back in the day. They just thought he was just wonderful. Um, he, his behavior suggests things getting out of proportion. So maybe it would have been better to say he seems to have lost all his sense of proportion with this candidate. So he spent his uh, huge double editorial. He set up a debate that I think was was uh, a setup uh, to support uh, the candidate he liked mm-hmm. and to oppose the candidate he didn't. I'm looking at a picture here. Uh, one candidate, uh, Scott Jablo, we've interviewed Scott a Who bunch won? of times. He's, he won. He, he won he's like a substantial yet vote. He's the most yep. political guy on the city council. And uh, he's looking at his cell phone, and she has her hand out with a smug expression on her face. Behind him. Behind, behind him. him. Behind right. him. This is what the kind of stuff that Christopher Fox Graham does. Um, and his... His attacks on the city council and on the individuals on the council, frankly, are vicious. They're out of proportion. Uh, I'll tell you this, and, and I've been following city council for 20 years. I set up interviews back 15 years, 16 years ago. I met everybody on there sooner or later. I've been interested in these issues even before I knew anyone on the council. And... I've never seen a crooked or dishonest council person, whether they're conservative or Republican or liberal or Democrat. The the council has been excellent the whole time in terms of their moral behavior, if not their political behavior. And um, the kind of constant attack on the council and calling them stupid and act, and I, he's so smart and they're so stupid. That undercuts Sedona's government. And Sedona has an extremely good government. Sedona has really good finances. We're very, very privileged that our problem is that we have a lot of money and no land. And at least that way we have a possibility of uh, solving it. So I don't want to bash somebody, but if you begin to look at the editorials, you'll see that that beyond the ranting and raving and crazy stuff, there's a systematic distortion and biasing. Stephen? No, no, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go no, go. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got to say? Well, I, I mean, I, I, ha- I had to jump in on this, and, and I can say something now because I'm already persona non grata with the Red Rock News. Um, I'm not going to say who that's thanks to. Because he's sitting across the table from me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, see, but, my remark got. But here's here's strange though, Stephen, that he would take the remark as the personal right. rather than the political. And, and because I was on the show that day, I was I was sort of lumped in the broth, you know. Yes, I was, yeah. But here here's what what really. Well, your name's Stephen too. Exactly, and I spell it with a ph. How it works. Yeah, that's right. We both spell it with a ph. So yeah. any anybody named Stephen with a ph who does the show, forget it. You're not going to be accepted by the Red Rock News. Anyway, um, what really bothered me about all this this whole situation is that I I spent my career as a magazine editor, 
and publisher. And, and I'm talking about my experience goes all the way back to editing my college paper in New York. Um, and so I'm very, I'm very attuned to what's going on in the press. I still revere newspapers, whether they're the New York Times or the Red Rock News. And I was looking forward to seeing what the local press was like in Sedona when I got here. Um, to my dismay, almost right off the bat, last summer, um, there was a women's march after the leak of the Roe v. Wade opinion in, on, on 89A. And a lot of people with the Democrats of the Red Rocks and e- members and even people that weren't with the Democrats of the Red Rocks, possibly even moderate Republicans, came out on that day with signs to protest, to march, to rally. And the following week, the editorial in the Red Rock News basically called these people weekend warrior activists and questioned their passion, questioned their dedication, questioned their motivation. And I, 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 when I read this, I, I was incensed, and I wrote a letter to the editor, which, to Christopher's credit, he printed without much editing. And so I, I, I appreciated that part. But going forward, I think you're right. There, I find as an editor looking at the paper that the, he often uh, writes editor- political editorials without it having any context in the what, what the news coverage is. So there could be something going on in Sedona and politics that he wants to write about, but there's no accompanying reporting on what, what the I, issue I is. I think that's true, and I, I think the individual articles strike me as pretty good. Right. And if you folks have ever good been reporters. somewhere where somebody's written an article about it, everybody gets it wrong a little bit. Right. You know, from right. the New York Times down, if you're, say, at a demonstration in New York, the Times will get oh, sure. stuff yeah. a little wrong, yeah. and particularly in reporting events immediately. Um, the paper misses a lot. There's a lot that's not in it, Stephen. I don't know what that's about. The individual articles seem fine, but uh, like you say, they're – there's, there's not a coordination of them, and the headlines, frankly, are really, really dis, almost dishonest. Like, a city uh, council decides to loosen uh, camping rules in Sedona. Well, it turns out that the circuit court basically ordered them to do it, <laughs> and that they didn't just decide to let more camping in Sedona, but it's hundreds of of of, of, of headlines like that, if people don't actually read the depth even of the articles, which are much better than the editorials, uh, they're going to get a very distorted yeah. picture of what's happening. Yeah. And, I, and, and this poison keeps going and, and coursing through the system. So we have a well-run city filled with, frankly, most of the people on the council are pretty damn smart, yeah, brilliant, yeah. Have, have careers to, to, that I would envy. Yeah, we have a city that's run between the fire board, the school board, the city council, the city committees, the library, the main site, run of, of people who've moved here 
because and who became very involved in the community and the average Sedona resident who spends time volunteering, who knows these things. Hey, if New York was run as well as Sedona, yeah. it might still be there. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, truthfully, it's, it's the a problem you have if you really want to hate somebody, particularly if you want to hate government, is that the government here is really good. I mean, that's, that's the fundamental problem. That's when you cut through everything else. Uh, the government the, is honest And it really here, is and, the guy next door. It is the it's guy next not door. special interest. All right. We yeah. have to wrap it yeah. up. I, I took time. Thank you for, for listening to us, folks. Thank you. Um, we'll see you uh, uh, shortly. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah. Gary, um, what do we want to say in Roundup? Listen to, uh, to the shows on podcasts. Uh, we had a really good show with Miles Taylor, the author of Anonymous. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. See All you next our, year, or, yep. he, or talk to you we'll next talk year. talk to you next yeah. year. <laughs> You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.